1: Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and learn. And liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Today, you guys get to hear from the founder of Iris and Romeo, Michelle. Goff Burrill. And I'm so excited to have her here. Michelle and I met many, many years ago when Iris and Romeo was just a brand new baby brand. And they have superseded, I'm sure, all of her dreams. And they're in Sephora now. We can officially announce that. And it's a very exciting time to be talking with Michelle. Michelle, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Neda. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for creating such a great space oh, thank you. for women thank you. at this stage of the journey.
1: Yeah. Well, it's people like you that truly, I mean, I said earlier, these stories inspire us. And I, you know, we've all heard this, this quote that you have to sort of see it to believe it. You have to see the story of Michelle and what she did and what she did after you had a very successful career. We'll get into that. But then you paused and said, wait, what else is there for me? at a time in life when the examples we had, the generations before us, didn't, didn't start something new at this time. No. There were very few and far between. We always rely on Julia Child's story for that, that, <laughs> 50, that woman who was 50 who started something new, but now there are more of those stories thanks to people like you. So tell our listener a little bit about Iris and Romeo, and then we'll, we'll get into your backstory too.
2: Yeah, Iris and Romeo is a tinted skincare brand. We call it Tinted Skincare. We make hybrid beauty, so we pair together makeup and skincare all in one easy step. And the real goal is to simplify your morning routine. You know, we're all busy working women. We've got a lot going on. I don't have time for a 10-step routine. So this whole solution was about simplifying your morning. I actually have a couple of products here that I'd love to just show. The packaging is really pretty, which you can see. Our heroes, the Reset. And weekend skin. This is the whole idea here. So let's take weekend skin for example. It's pairing together three products into one. So this is Mineral SPF 50. It's a vitamin C serum. So it's gonna brighten dark spots, tree type pigmentation. And then it's also it also gives you this really lovely translucent blurry glow. So you feel pulled together and you look fresh and hydrated and you're also protected. So it's your serum, your moisturizer, and your makeup all in one. And every product has that story. It solves different reasons. It has multiple steps that it replaces. So that in its essence is what Iris and Romeo is all about, made for women like us who have just got a lot going on and really want low maintenance, uh, high performance products.
1: Yeah. I mean, and things that I think are good for us, the the days of using makeup to mask, I think are somewhat over. We're looking for things that replenish and give us the best skin that we can have. Now, let me ask you, because you are a veteran of the cosmetic skincare world, what led you when you were having a very successful career, what led you to this? Was it white space in the market? Was it wanting to do your own thing? Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, no, it was really a journey. You know, I used to be head of marketing at Smashbox Cosmetics, which was a very successful indie brand. I was there for eight years. I started very early on, and it was quite a journey to grow this little brand into a global brand that was in 60 countries, was in Sephora, Ulta. It was a huge success. It was a lot of fun, a great time. And then after eight years of doing it, we got acquired by Estée Lauder. And uh, I sort of hit this point in my journey where I was really burned out. I mean, that was quite a sprint to the finish line. And like everything I do, I gave my total heart and soul to it and probably didn't take the best care of myself along the way and you know i hit this point where i was just really burned out and i felt super disconnected from the beauty industry as a whole there were a lot of things that didn't align with my values i was in my 40s at this point the lack of sustainability the beauty industry is a big polluter the lack of inclusivity And really, the lack of inclusivity didn't just include skin tones, but included women that were over 40, women like me. I didn't see myself in the stuff that I was creating. I think it's an interesting time in life when you hit your 40s. I think this is when the road ahead starts to get a little shorter than the road you've walked. And it's a little bit of an existential moment where you start to question and reprioritize things in your life. And I just felt sort of empty and disconnected. So right around that time, I met this former racehorse. His name was Romeo, hence the name. And he, like me, was kind of burned out from his career on the track and needed a new purpose. And, you know, I wasn't a horsey girl. I didn't grow up with horses. I grew up in a small farming community in England, but we didn't have the money to have a horse. And so I met this beautiful horse And honestly, I fell madly in love with Romeo. It sounds like a a big cliche, but it's true. I fell in, I was single at the time, you know, so I had to find some Romeo. Um, And so, yeah, I fell in love with this horse. And every morning before I'd go to Smashbox, I'd go into Topanga Canyon. I lived in LA then. And I'd take this beautiful horse up into the hills of Topanga and watch the sun come up. I think it was the first time in a really long time that I slowed down enough to hear this small, still voice inside
1: that said, This is not your life. And I actually had the courage to listen to it. So you literally meet this horse, you fall in love with this horse, you identify with this horse that that each of you has sort of run a course, not the only course. And you have this sort of moment, this epiphany of, this isn't for me or this isn't all there is for me. So what what do you take action on? How do you know what's next?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, having that time to sort of slow down and really connect with myself in our hustle culture is something that is so unusual that this message came through loud and clear. This is not your career and this is not your life. And so the only thing to do was to quit my career to rescue the horse. I bought an old trailer. I hooked it up to my Jeep. As I said, I knew nothing about horses. I didn't know what he ate. I didn't know what to do with it. He was giant, (laughs) this race horse. And I put Romeo in the back of, of the trailer and I drove up to Northern California. And I had a girlfriend who lived in Sebastopol, which is, you know, in Sonoma County. And she had uh, an old farm on 100 acres, and she rescued a herd of horses. She had all different horses from the racing industry, from wild mustangs, premer and mares. And these horses lived on the land freely as a herd. And so Romeo had always lived inside of a box, and I turned him out to live with the herd. It was the first time ever that he'd got to be a horse, not a work horse. And I spent the next year living on the land with the herd. It was a really profound and spiritual time in my life. I was living in nature, with nature, 100% of the time. And you cannot live in nature in that way without understanding the interconnectedness of everything. So it was a beautiful time. I was baling hay, shoveling shit, like... (laughs) Speaking horse language, you know, that's uh, not a lot of human connection. It was really, I call it the journey back to myself. And I was very fortunate that I could do that and spend that much time really slowing down and connecting to myself. This idea of space and spaciousness, I'll talk about it more as we get in the conversation, but it's so important, I think, particularly for women who do too much. So it was an incredible time and Iris and Romeo was born out of that journey obviously Romeo really inspired the name and Iris is my mother and these two beings are my heart and my soul and this soulful journey that I took back to myself and you know when it came to sort of thinking about making a brand and coming to beauty I spent this time living in nature and I wanted to come back because it's just my personality. I'm an ambitious person. I want to impact. I'm not going to sort of check out and live this alternative lifestyle. It's just not who I am. And so I started to get this yearning for impact again, for wanting to create. I'm a creator. When I sat down and really thought, like, what do I want to do next? There are many things I didn't love about the beauty industry. Like I mentioned at the beginning, the lack of sustainability, inclusivity, telling stories, beauty stories of women who are over 40 all this excess. And so I was like, well, instead of walking away from the industry because I didn't like what it stood for, why not create your own brand and do it differently and let this be an expression of who you are and what you believe in the world. And so Iris and Romeo was born. Our first product, which I have right here, Best Skin Days, this idea that I mentioned earlier of how do we have less impact on the earth? How do we simplify women's routines? I felt like the industry was very out of touch with modern women. We didn't have time for 10-step routines. Yeah. These big palettes with 50 shades. Like I wanted to create a brand that was really relevant for this modern working woman that made highly efficacious products that were skincare. And then, you know, that were very easy to use. So Best Skin Days was the first one that was born. This is skincare, makeup, and SPF all in one. It was the very first clean hybrid in the space because clean was very new. This was, I started making this in 2017. I launched the brand in 2019, uh, right before the pandemic. Worst possible time to launch a brand. (laughs) But, you know, you want to make God laugh, telling me plans. Yeah. So it was an amazing journey. Initially, I didn't have a lot of money. I had a little bit of angel capital. I raised $600,000 through my network mostly to make two products, this and our peptide balms. And I had two people and we built a little Shopify website and we posted our products on there. And the rest is kind of history. We, you know, we had a lot of organic traction. We got some really cool women who fell in love with our products like Olivia Wilde and Ava Chen from Instagram. And they were posting content about this one and done simplified product that just gave them everything they wanted in a single step. That's sort of how it started with this very organic traction, not a great deal of money. It costs a lot of money to make products, so 600000 might sound like a lot. It's not. (laughs) It goes very quickly. I didn't pay myself.
1: How long did you not pay yourself, Michelle? I'm going to ask a few nitty-gritty questions because I know people are curious. How long did you go without paying yourself?
2: It was about a year when we first started, um, and then I paid myself a very, very low salary for another two years, like... The salary that I made when I was in my 20s. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Really, it's about supporting the business and keeping it alive at the beginning.
1: And even in raising that initial $600,000 from angels, that sounds like it was, like you said, your network of people. So they knew that you had experience in the industry. They knew from a marketing point of view that you knew what you were doing, but you were also developing a product. You were like engineering something that was this hybrid, something you could imagine in your mind, but not necessarily something you had experience with. How did you muster both the courage and the know-how to get that first product out the door?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I'd never made a product in my life. You know, I'd been this marketer, as you said, Product development was an incredible learning curve for me. And I was fortunate that I had a network in the industry. I got connected with an amazing chemist. And I had this idea of what I wanted to make, Beskin Days, and I worked with this chemist. We literally, this is insane, Neda, like this doesn't happen. We had 45 iterations of Beskin Days. And anyone who's in the industry will know The labs, the chemists—if they're really patient—will give you four to six iterations of a product to get it right. I had no idea that it (laughs) was normal to have forty-five iterations, (laughs) and I had a really, really wonderful patient chemist that believed in what we were doing and Mm. was as committed to getting this product so perfect on every level as I was. And this is where my perfectionism comes in and had to be super hydrating. The pigment levels had to look skin-like, you know, not, not too much coverage. It had to look very natural, yeah. not sink into my wrinkles. It was quite a journey. And I learned a lot. I kept saying, we need to do this. We need, and they were saying, Michelle, that doesn't, you can't do that. We're chemists, you can't do that. And I was like, but let's try, let's try. So I think... There's something to be said about not having knowledge in a sure. certain area that makes you much more innovative, much more entrepreneurial, and then there's the reality. Since then, we have not been allowed that many iterations, <laughs> but this one was definitely a work of art. And. You know, it's our number one hero product. Women absolutely love it. It's the number one seller at Sephora and a credo. There's a reason that people love it so much. There's a lot of love and care that went into it. But the journey of being an entrepreneur is constantly stepping into things that you have no idea how to do and showing up and just... Becoming a bigger version of yourself, honestly, like that is what the journey of entrepreneurship is. So if you're not comfortable with ambiguity, with taking risks, with your own growth, if I had to sum up like everything about the entrepreneurial journey, I'd say it is the most accelerated journey for your own personal growth that I've ever done in Mm -hmm. my life.
1: One hundred percent. I agree. One hundred (laughs) percent. Yes, absolutely. I would not be who I am had I not pursued some of the things that I've pursued as an entrepreneur. I I would not know the things about myself. I would not know my capacity or capabilities. And it sounds like that was even, even when you tell the story of moving up north and having a horse and you didn't grow up with horses and you didn't have a horse language yes. and you bought a trailer and a jeep and then you lived in this sort of environment there's something about even that process that's very entrepreneurial the willingness to lean into the discomfort the willingness to discover something about yourself no it wasn't a for-profit endeavor but there's something about that that spirit that is very mm. entrepreneurial and it's not a surprise to me that that journey ended up kickstarting the next journey for you. It seems like everybody wants to sell us one product at a time because they can make more money marketing more products. So somebody must have said to you along the way, well, wait a minute, Michelle, if you're making these hybrid products, if you're doing two and three things in one, sure, it'll be a great seller, but..." How do you come up with more verticals? Or how do you come up, like, did you ever as a marketing person think, am I doing something that serves the customer and that's gonna be great, but am I gonna get stuck as a business coming up with Mm -hmm. new product? I mean, I love that you did it. The innovation was needed, but from a business point of view, I could see somebody saying, hey, hold up one second. Should we be pulling these things apart and selling them separately?
2: Yeah, no, it's a really great question. And as a marketer, I definitely have had a few moments where I'm like, wait, how am I going to keep scaling this and launching launching new products? You know, that's not our ethos. And the beauty industry is very much fast beauty. You know, brands are uh, launching like seven, eight products a year, shade extensions. This is, you know, a culture of Vast beauty and excess, and this is the problem I'm trying to solve, right? So, on an ethical level, in terms of ethos, it's been a very interesting uh, challenge that I set myself. But, you know, one of the good things about getting older, um, and there are many good things, is definitely like I really trust myself now. And I believe in this ethos. I believe in asking this question, what's really essential for our skin, for ourself, for our planet. It's sort of this idea in a larger sense of what we need to do in the world boils all the way down into our brand and just how we need to address consumerism. And I think that the market is ready for it. I think women are ready for it. I think it's relevant and meaningful and what we care about. And I try not to worry about the future and where we'll go and how we'll do it. I Everything is very much born out of sort of my own need, my friend's needs. And I just trust that if we do a product really well, like who says you can't create a model with a limited skew count? that goes deep and sells a lot of those products that are really meaningful versus this very trend-driven approach that's always been in makeup, which is also in fashion, where you're creating a lot of things that people throw away very fast. So I'm approaching it more like the essentials. I love my white shirt. It's what are my daily essentials? What are the things I really need? What can we put multiple products into one step that becomes this hero product that she can't live without? And there's two KPIs you want to go for when you're scaling a business. One, of course, is driving awareness and new acquisition, new customers. And the other one is repeat. It makes a big difference. Repeat customers. We have something like an 80% repeat rate in our customer, which the industry average is about 25%. So that tells you people are coming back over and over again. I really believe in this. I believe in making really high quality products that are gonna become something she reaches for daily and she's gonna continue to use because they're just the best out there in terms of skincare performance, as well as giving her the kind of no makeup makeup aesthetic that we know she wants. And lots of hydration,
1: lots and lots of hydration. We need that hydration, right? We need that hydration. I know you're not just for the 40 plus, but man, do we need it at at this stage?
2: Well, the younger people need it too. You know, yes, I made these products to work for my skin and as I age to give me lots of hydration. But the ethos behind all of our formulations is really about having a healthy skin barrier. So I always say this, if you take care of one thing it's take care of your barrier, your skin barrier. If you take care of your barrier, your skin will take care of itself. It's, it's kind of the control center for healthy skin. And it's actually really simple. Like we've made beauty and skincare very complicated. Your skin needs three things. It needs water to hydrate. It needs lipids, which are like oils, butters, ceramides that lock in the hydration. And then it needs protection, SPF. If you take care of those three things, you will have good, healthy skin. If you overdo it, put on lots of different actives, get too many, you know, treatments, like you're gonna create things like redness, dry skin. You're gonna create problems. Your skin's gonna get irritated. So I don't care if you're 20 or you're 60, that rule applies. So those are the basics. Those are the basics. It's really quite simple.
1: If you were born with ovaries and you're over 40, you might be in perimenopause. Perimenopause is the time leading up to menopause where your hormone levels start to begin fluctuating and decline, and it can last up to 10 years. If you're experiencing symptoms like irregular periods, mood swings, forgetfulness, anxiety, or hot flashes, it might be time for you to talk to a doctor. Now, Alloy is a new kind of women's health company and they are here to help you feel your best and stay healthy through perimenopause and beyond. From hormonal treatments to symbiotics to skincare, Alloy has what you need to age healthfully. And Alloy doctors are licensed in all 50 states and all practitioners are menopause trained. So you can work with a doctor to get a personalized treatment plan. Now, once you're a member, you'll get everything shipped to your door, including automatic refills, and you'll get unlimited messaging with your doctor who can answer any questions you have as they come up. So go to myalloy.com to start your virtual appointment today. That's myalloy.com, M-Y-A-L-L-O-Y.com. What in this simple, not so simple um, journey of being an entrepreneur has surprised you. You came in, as we said, as a veteran of the industry, but the industry was moving quickly. You all of a sudden became CEO. You became product developer. You you were wearing all of those hats. What surprised you about this journey?
2: I think it's what I mentioned early on is I knew it would be a lot of work and it's a hell of a lot of work I knew it would be a roller coaster and for sure it is I think what I didn't realize is that it would be this sort of journey of personal growth on so many levels and I think you can't possibly know that until you're in it and you're living it right and so that has been the biggest surprise for me is how much this journey has been an evolution of me And in so many ways, my ability to stay more in equanimity. So this is something that I wasn't necessarily good at in the past, you know? There'd be big reactions to big things that happened and everything you can think of will go wrong on this journey. It's really (laughs) a tough journey. So just being able to stay here now is where I'm at. Uh, And the journey has taught me that, right? All the trials, all the tribulations, all of the setbacks, all of the failures, and all of the surprises. So that equanimity is a big part of it. The other thing that I've learned about myself is that I'm really resilient. And that gives you a certain strength and a certain groundedness when you know you can get through anything that is thrown at you. It honestly has not been like a dream easy journey. I mean, we launched right before the pandemic. My goal was let's get some organic traction and let's raise some venture capital in the spring of 2020. Of course, spring of 2020 had a whole other idea about what was gonna happen in the world and nobody wanted to invest. Nobody even knew if the world was ending. It was a crazy time. We were running out of money. Seriously. And not only that, but the supply chain just stopped. You couldn't get components, nobody was working in the factories to manufacture the products. It came to a standstill. So we had no product and no money in 2020, Um, which is just about the worst thing you can face. But then something even worse actually happened in October 2020. My mother passed away and that's Iris. That obviously massively impacted me. Me and my mom were really, really close. She was my biggest fan, always has been. To lose her and to go into grief like that at that stage of this journey was, that was really hard. There were just days when I just didn't wanna do this anymore. I mean, grief will put you into this deep place of like a massive loss of meaning. We were almost out of cash. You know, we had all these challenges and my mom died and I was like, this, like, <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. That was 2020. I mean, we, and the business was still growing, which is kind of wild in an organic way because Best Skin Days was like the perfect product for the pandemic, right? Everybody was behind their Zoom. They mm-hmm. wanted like, A very easy product that gave them like this pulled together glowy skin look a no makeup makeup look they wanted it had blue light protection you know from the screens it was just the perfect product for the pandemic and people kept buying it we had wait lists and all of these organic good things were happening at the same time as all these really really difficult Things were happening with the business and in my personal life.
1: What kept you going, Michelle? What What was the, I mean, maybe some of these organic, you know, growth moments kept you going, but what was the thing that sort of maybe on a spiritual level yeah. pulled you forward or propelled you forward?
2: This might make me cry. <laughs> I mean, one big thing that really... Uh, kept me going with my mom. Yeah. Like I said, she's been my biggest fan since day one. I just really wanted to do it for her. Yeah. That kept me going. And, <laughs> yeah. and the women around me who stepped in and just lifted me up. And, you know, our CFO at the time gave me some money. Uh, she was like, this cannot go down. We have to keep going. We're onto something really meaningful here. Your mom wouldn't want this to end right now. And so she stepped in and helped bridge us with some cash over the next like four or five months. And I just kept going honestly because of my mom and because I really believed in what we were doing. I didn't want to let everybody down that was so supportive. And I didn't want to let myself down, too, because I'd worked so hard. So, yeah, it was tough. And, you know, 2021 wasn't any easier. We had some big, tough moments that year, too. And it was really not until 2022 that things started to turn around. We got into credo. And then, of course, more recently into Sephora. So it's really a journey of resilience. And as an entrepreneur, you know, you have to grow in areas that you don't necessarily want to grow in as well. Like you have to take (laughs) on things that you don't want to do. Like I had to learn about finance. I had to learn how to fundraise. I didn't know how to do any of those things. I'm more of a creative person, so that side of the business was very intimidating to me, and I was forced for a period of time. That CFO I mentioned actually ended up leaving soon after, and I had to be the CFO for a while. So like, and and that was when we had just taken on a new, our first institutional investment. So here I was being sort of CFO with an institutional venture capitalist, which is like, how the hell am I gonna do this? (laughs) Just the terminology alone. It's like, "Ah." they have their own language, their own language, like understanding how equity works like this VC in particular was focused on direct to consumer growth. So just that that growth language, you're forced into situations where you have to learn and you have to grow so much and you have to find things inside of yourself that just go, okay, yes, yeah. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to (laughs) learn.
1: Thank you so much for sharing the difficult parts of the journey. It's easy to come on to the podcast, share the success of getting into Sephora, share the success of having this beautiful brand that celebrities like, Mm -hmm. that influencers like to talk about starting a business after 40 and look at me now and all the success. And I appreciate so much. One, it's sobering to hear people talk about how hard it was, and yet they're still there. They're they're Mm -hmm. still alive. I think, you know, when people ask me, what is the one thing that you've seen from my consulting days, the one thing that you've seen that's a through line between every client you've ever had that is a measure of success, I'm like, it's time. It's just Mm -hmm. hanging in there. It's just Mm -hmm. staying the course because – All of them have stories of what's been difficult. All of them have moments of wanting to give up when they're really, really honest. I hear that constantly. So I so appreciate that you did that here in this podcast. And the other thing is, while it's sobering, it's also very inspiring. Because when we in our own journeys have a setback, it helps us to see that this is par for the course. Mm-hmm. It's not an indicator of failure or a time to to throw in the towel. Sometimes it is. Sometimes, you know, there are those moments and I think if we have some objective people in our lives who love us, who can speak those truths to us, but it's not circumstantial. No. It's not when when those circumstances get hard. So thank you so much for being so open about that. I always say when women tell the truth, that's when we're actually inspired. Yeah. It's not when people just say, look at me and how great this has all been. But it's when people tell the the, the darker or the harder parts of the story. So I appreciate yeah. you doing that.
2: No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I want to keep it real. And it actually makes the wins even more spectacular, right? For sure. But for sure. All of it is definitely...
1: It's all part of it, right? It's all It's all, all, part, of it's it. all yeah. part of it. Yes. And that it's, is so in life journey. whether you take the entrepreneurial plunge or not. That is that is the case in life. It's holding all of it. It's holding the highs and the lows. Yeah. That a life well lived is not a life that avoids the difficulty or the hardship or the sadness and the sorrow. It's it's embracing all of those things. And I think as we age, we start to understand that that's what living well means. It's walking through all of it, not avoiding it. Um, There's so much beauty in that journey, as hard as it is. So thanks again for for sharing that. But now I do want to talk about the wins. We're focusing this particular (laughs) season on new beginnings. And- Getting into Sephora is a new beginning. Mm-hmm. This is a new kind of trajectory for you mm-hmm. as a brand, and it means new things. What are you excited about that is a new beginning for Iris and Romeo? And I would say a new beginning for you, Michelle, as the founder of the company.
2: Yeah, it is a new beginning. It's Everything is sort of the next level, the next level. And each time you hit that level, it's sort of a reset and a new plan. So getting in Sephora is amazing. They're the most incredible retail partner we could have hoped for. By the way, we're also in Credo, and I love Credo to death as well. What they're doing is amazing. So. Both of, I'm wearing goop too but and I love that yeah. as well. so <laughs> uh, I'm in love with all of our retailers. Uh, Sephora <laughs> happens to be the biggest of all of them, right? Sure. So that achievement and starting with Sephora is incredible. It drives massive awareness for the brand. It obviously increases revenue for the brand, which means you can hire more people, you can do more things. Sure. The team at Sephora are incredible brand builders. So they really understand how to take an indie brand, a young brand, position it, tell the story. They're incredible digital marketers. They understand how to you know, target people who will really like your products, the right people. Mm. They get everything in front of the right people who want what you have to offer. So yeah, it's a very exciting time and the team is amazing. I mean, I worked with them and, and many of them are still there, uh, which shows the culture of Sephora keeps its people for a really long time. So the team is amazing and I think this feels like a really big moment for us. You know, and we've already got off. It's only been two and a half weeks, but we're off to a really amazing start and doing way, way better than we ever anticipated. It feels like we're on the right path. But again, I want to say with Sephora, they turned me down twice. I mean, this is the journey of not giving up before they finally uh, said yes. Yeah, I think this year is going to be incredible. And I'm excited for everything to come. And for me personally... It's, you know, the last five years, because even though we launched in 2019, I had my nose to the grindstone before that. Making product takes a year and a half, two years. So, you know, the last several years, I've really had my nose to the grindstone. Mm -hmm. It's really been about sort of survival and pushing, 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 pushing and uh, working very, very hard. And I feel like this moment, and I hope this moment is a moment where I can step back a little bit. I'm very much in the weeds. I've very much been in the weeds since the beginning. And that I can hire some people to help so I can take a little step back and do the things that I think are my gifts that I'm really strong at and focus on that for the business where I can most impact. This year, I think, allows me to do that. I am... Actually, starting today, this is the first time I've ever done this, taking the next three days off to immerse myself in my creativity. Mm. I've never given myself space to do that. And I mentioned it earlier about the spaciousness, the importance of space in your life, especially as a woman, as a creator, to really go deep within yourself. And there are a lot of practices I do, journaling is one of them, to really spend time with myself and ask myself, what do you want to do next? How can you best impact? In hustle culture, that doesn't exist. It's like on to the next, on to the next. And and we just live in modern life where with a lot of distractions. We're all very busy. It's such a gift. So this is one of the things I'm incorporating to give myself space. But Obviously I'm still going to work in product development. This is where I'm very very passionate about making incredible products that are very high performance, very low maintenance. And do things like this, like talking to really amazing women about what's really important. Starting Iris and Romeo was never just about product. I love product, but it was always about the conversation. Any brand is a conversation with its community and This conversation about the journey through womanhood is the one that I love more than any conversation in the world. And being surrounded by amazing women like yourself, Neda, having truthful, honest conversations about many of the things we come up against at this stage of the journey, for me, is super important. So building that community is something I'm going to focus on this year having these more meaningful conversations, product development, spaciousness for my creativity. And then of course, you know, there are lots of things that have to be done in the business as well at the same time, but just giving myself the grace of that space, I think it's going to make a real difference because the idea of Iris and Romeo was born out of Mm -hmm. giving myself the grace of that space. And I say this all the time. No great idea ever came out of a marketing meeting. Ever.
1: <laughs> so That's a good thing to keep in mind.
2: <laughs> you know, it comes when you're in the shower. It comes on the third or fourth day of your vacation. Yeah. It comes when you've had you've got a little spaciousness. I'm hoping that Sephora and our continued success at Sephora will allow me to do more of the things that I can really make a difference and that fill my soul as well.
1: Sure. My word for the year, by the way, is slow. And so you just ah. you just spoke to that and to me. I said, I need to get out from behind the computer and connect more and be more intentional about how I'm spending my time and not be so caught in the race because there's always something to do. There's always a pull on our time. So I appreciate you sharing that. You were, you were um, speaking to me for sure. Right. <laughs> and- I I wanna ask in the creativity, in the creating space, what are you gonna do? You talked about journaling. Are you gonna paint? Are you going to, like, what are you gonna do as you're creating this time? Or do you see creativity as more of just opening up space for things to come?
2: Yes, I mean, I have to fill my tanks. My tanks get very depleted on this journey. So what fills my tanks more than anything is being in nature with my horse. I mean, that's the number one thing for me. It's the best therapy. It slows me down. This journey of entrepreneurship, founding a startup, the expectations are big, fast growth is expected. That's a very fast speeded up journey. Yeah. And if I'd done this in my 30s or my 40s, I'm in my 50s now, I would not have succeeded. Because I would have just, I mean, you saw, I told you the story of Smashbox, I burned out. So I would have just kept going and working. I'm a total workaholic, really. Sure. Slowing down, being present in my life. And my horse and the horses that I have are very much the bringers of presence for me and being in nature so it nurtures me it's a like a meditation it puts me back in my body it's grounding and it, it's very important for me to slow down so i definitely want to explore culture i want to go to different events and galleries and just fill myself up artistically get inspired i'm looking forward to doing that and Yeah. Talking with other women. Like, what do you want? What do you need? What's your routine look like? What's really meaningful to you? Like, just having this community of women around me. Our community is the best thing about the brand. And because it's full of information and ideas and creative thinking and just having the time to listen and be connected with that is, I think, one of the other things that I'm really looking forward to.
1: It's. A gift, I think, when people in your position can get out and connect with people. And it's in storytelling, it's in, again, inspiring and equipping those listening to you, but it's in your ability to listen to what you're listening mm-hmm. to, what are her pain points, where is she struggling. Perhaps it's in her skincare routine, but perhaps it's not and your ability to then take that information and incorporate it into the brand, whether it's the way you talk to the women who have these issues, the way you package the brand, the performance of the the items that you're selling. A founder's ability to listen well Mm -hmm. is uh, another one of those markers of success. It's like every Mm -hmm. time you talk to a founder who does a good job of listening, they're going to have success they're, because they know, mm-hmm. they know what the, the customer wants. And then the other thing I have to say is in you sharing your story, in you having conversations with me, more people like me getting in front of people, I'm a loyal fan now. Like I mm-hmm. want to be a part of what Iris and Romeo and what you are doing. The fact that the products are good and perform well is a bonus. But I want to support that, and so I, I'm excited to see you having more of these moments with other people and sharing your story because it really connects us to the brand when we get to know the the heart of the founder and who she is and what she believes in. And you know, I think as you pointed out earlier, we're trending toward that. We're trending towards things that are meaningful, not just in sustainability, but in how we. How we believe in the brand and what they're doing and what they're accomplishing. So, yeah. You've taught a a lot of lessons here today, Michelle. I hope you know that. We need to get into our fast five so I can let you go. Okay. So really quickly share, and you've shared so many things about how you keep grounded, but maybe one very specific thing that's not related to horses since we don't all have horses. Um, But what's a thing that that does (laughs) you should all have horses. Yes, I was going to say, okay, I need to add this to my bucket list. I need a horse. Even (laughs) if you
2: just jump in a field and hang out with a horse, you don't have to own one. Like just go connect with the horse. Okay, I'm coming up north to do
1: that. Eventually (laughs) I'm going to make my my way up north so we can do that. But what's something that you do on a regular basis that keeps you grounded?
2: Journaling. (laughs) I can find myself on the page. Mm. So many times when we move so fast, we lose ourselves. And I think women in particular, we lose ourselves in motherhood, in careers, in relationships, And we wake up one day and we're like, how the hell did I get here? And what happened to my life? And is this even what I want? That's usually when we have this existential moment and we hit the reset button. At heart, I'm a writer. I mean, we didn't get into this, but before I was in brand marketing and all of this, I was a fashion editor and a stylist. and, And then I was a writer for several years. I'm a storyteller. So for me, journaling is a really healthy practice that when I'm lost, I just get out my laptop, I lie on my bed, and I sit and have a great therapy session with myself on the page. And I always come back to myself uh, when I do that. So I would highly recommend journaling. It's a good practice. I've done it for years.
1: I agree. It's a good practice. We've put a lot of journaling prompts and workshops in our after-school, our membership program for that reason, just to really get people, the answers are within them. They don't necessarily need an expert. It's just these prompts of what do we need to ask ourselves? What do we need to to search for?
2: So important and listen, listen, slow down enough
1: that you can actually hear. Yeah, yeah, that that Mm -hmm. theme of listening again. Um, Mm -hmm. And then what are you currently reading?
2: I am reading a book called Lean Out Mm -hmm. Mm. by Tara Henley, and she wrote it in response to Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In. It's an amazing book. I'm really interested in alternative lifestyles. And her story was she was a music journalist living in hustle culture, got very sick with pains in her chest, and sort of went on this journey to figure out why is modern life so unhealthy for us? (laughs) and the impact of social media. And it's a fascinating journey where she's looked at all different counterculture lifestyles. And uh, it's part journalism, part memoir. I love women's stories. I love the journey. And I'm very, very interested in this journey of burnout to wellness, of Mm. wholeness for a woman. And she's in probably her early 50s, I think. So it's relevant to where I am in my stage. So yeah, it's a great book. Sounds great. It sparks a lot of curiosity in me yeah. about why we here and how can I best take care of myself as I live in modern life, right? You can't yeah. escape it. This is the way the world is. So how do we best look after ourselves? And how do we find meaning? And ultimately I'm near the end, it's all boiling down to community and connection. I mean, we've lost the tribe, we've lost the village, we've lost that support system. So how do we recreate that in modern life? I think it's a great question. And I'm really enjoying the book. I haven't finished it, but that's what I'm reading.
1: Well, that's a great recommendation, and I hadn't heard of the book, so thank you for that. It's hard to have you on the podcast and not ask a skincare question. So, what okay. <laughs> is a, a skincare hack that all of us could do immediately that we could start to see results in, in, you know, in taking better care of our skin?
2: Well, I think I mentioned it earlier. If you take care of the barrier, the, yeah. the skin will take care of itself. So I think every day, first of all, don't use a lot of harsh products. That's going to damage the barrier. Just in the morning, wake up, splash your face with water and put on a really great hydrator. Like invest your money in a good moisturizer. Keep your skin protected. Wear SPF. Like do not go anywhere without SPF. It's the holy grail product. And I have to sell one of my own products at this point. (laughs) Yes, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see. Where is it? Here it is. The one I showed you earlier. This is the Reset. So this is a really unique product. It is like a spray, hydrator, serum. It's your moisturizer. It's your serum. And it is built to protect the skin barrier. It's so easy to use. Like I hate lots of steps. The only way I'm ever going to take care of my skin is if it's really freaking easy and like... There it is. This is like a serum and it's going to plump up your skin and give you hydration for 24 hours and it's going to protect your skin barrier. So all of the ingredients in it really take care of that control center. And a lot of women that have been trying this, their redness is going, their skin just feels plumper. And I'm obsessed with this product. Like it's called the reset because it resets your barrier and it resets you. It's got a really great natural scent. When you spray it on, it's like, okay, I'm ready to go. It's kind of, it, and it resets your hydration throughout the day if you start to dry out. So that's a two second hack for like the most amazing skin and, and taking care of your barrier all in one. A little push there.
1: And we've learned a lot more about the barrier that we didn't know. You've uh taught us about the three <laughs> steps to actually protecting that barrier. Yes. And then what are you loving about this midlife season of life? We know that your company is going through so much growth and new beginnings of, as we've talked about, but what is Michelle enjoying about this midlife season?
2: It's a great question. I think one, my life is just getting richer and richer because my relationships are getting better. Mm. My company with everybody who works in the company with my investors with my husband with my family and friends I think at this stage in my 50s like I'm becoming a more whole person a lot of the things that I've learned to move through these are life skills and they've made me a better communicator they've made me a better listener everything is relationship at the end of the day everything my relationships are richer as a result of this. So it's a great gift that I didn't expect. And then also just, I love being at this stage of the journey because I have a stronger sense of self. Mm. I know who I am. Being the founder, you have to make a lot of decisions every day. And so you really have to be connected with yourself, like because you're the wisdom comes from that. Yeah. I have a lot of experience, but the real wisdom comes from being connected with yourself. So having that stronger sense of self, knowing who I am, what I want, what I'll tolerate, where my boundaries are, where they're not. And I'm a work in progress, right? Like, I hope I have so much more evolution in my journey. I'm I'm so not done yeah. in any way, shape or form. Yeah, just the evolution. And I, I wanted to say something, actually, which was about this stage of the journey and starting, because I know a lot of your listeners are older and thinking about, should I start something? Yeah. I founded Iris and Romeo in my early 50s. And I know that Forbes did a study recently, which proved that the most successful entrepreneurs, uh, they have an average age of 45. And as each year passes, they get more successful. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show that wisdom and experience means a lot. So if you're wondering if it's too late, I thought that, I definitely thought that. Uh, and I had all those crazy stories about my age and yada, yada, yada. And at the end of the day, nobody cared. Only I cared. <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> they were just like, what's your business model? You know, are you an expert in this field? Like, Do you know how to raise capital? Uh, they cared about all these things. How passionate are you? How driven are you? Uh, They only cared about that. It was me who was like, oh, my God, am I too old? You know, like, wow. So anyway, that was a long answer to what I'm loving about this season of life is learning all these things and just becoming more grounded in who I am and and my wisdom.
1: It's a great answer. And yes, the studies are out and the, the success is being more and more tied to our age. And I think, you know, I've said this on the podcast many times, why are we winding down if we have an appetite for something more, when our connections are deeper and wider, when we know ourselves in a way that we haven't before, when we are, generally speaking, more comfortable with what we want and what we don't want out of life, That makes for a great manager, you know, CEO, founder. Mm -hmm. So there's so much about this season that actually lends itself to launching something and the success of that thing. Yes. It's not a time to be stepping back. Hell um, no. (laughs) If you want something more, there is so much more. And that leads us into my last question, which is how has launching and growing Iris and Romeo liberated Michelle?
2: Hmm. I love this question. (laughs) It's liberated me in my self-expression in a big way. Iris and Romeo is a living, breathing, walking, talking version of me. That sounds really narcissistic. No, I get it. It's an expression of my values, who I am, what I stand for, my aesthetic, my taste, my philosophy about beauty, friends are evolving, but you're always trying to get closer to the truth Mm. because that's what resonates with people. And so I'm on this journey of getting closer to the truth of who I am as I get closer to the truth of who Iris and Romeo is. And the closer I get to that, the more successful it is. It's been incredibly liberating.
1: You are a joy. I have enjoyed (laughs) this time so much with you. You're a dear human and how lucky are we to have had this almost hour hearing your story. Thank you so much, Michelle, and continued success. I cannot wait to see what else is gonna come of Iris and Romeo and in your taking time to be creative, how you are going to lead us as a brand, one step closer to that truth. I can't wait to see what else is gonna, uh, gonna come from, from you, from your heart, your soul, and your, your mind. Thanks again for taking this time with us.
2: Thank you, Netta, you're the best. I just so enjoyed this conversation. You asked great questions and I love that you're doing this. So ditto right back at you and I'll see you on the path.
1: Yes, you sure will. And Liberty listeners, thank you for hanging out with me and with Michelle. I'm excited for you to get to know Iris and Romeo and to to check out the product. And, and Michelle, we should say you can get the product at irisandromeo.com as well as Sephora and Credo. Yes, irisandromeo.com, sephora.com, Credo and Goop. We'll make sure to have all of those links in the show notes. Until next week, we'll talk to you guys then. Bye for now. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcast and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to move into your middle third with intention. Liberty Road is created by executive producer, Netta Jones, supervising producer, Elizabeth Windham, producer, Julia Windham, and music by Jack Jones.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.